If you are looking to elevate your leadership and drive your nonprofit forward, I invite you to subscribe to the Successful Nonprofits newsletter. Every week, I curate exclusive shareworthy content that sparks inspiration, innovation, and conversation. From the latest trends to timeless advice, the weekly email newsletter is your all-access pass to a treasure trove of resources. But receiving the newsletter is not just about staying informed. It's also about getting our best content first. Subscribers get first access to our newest downloadable templates designed to propel your leadership and amplify your impact. And that's not all, my friend. We are constantly working on new ways to support you and your mission. So as a subscriber, you'll get updates on our latest projects, opportunities to participate in surveys, and a say in the topics that we tackle next. You will essentially get me as a consultant, coach, and confidant in your inbox, ready to help you navigate the challenges of nonprofit leadership. So if you're an executive director, board chair, or a nonprofit leader who believes in making a difference, join me as a newsletter subscriber. Visit SuccessfulNonprofits.com forward slash newsletter to sign up today. And now, friend, let me take you to the episode you've downloaded. Welcome to the Successful Nonprofits Bonus Break. I'm your host, Dolph Goldenberg. And friends, I have a very important question for you. Have you ever been offered a new job and then very quickly after taking it, regretted not negotiating enough on your salary and your compensation? My friends, I know that I certainly have. And later in this bonus break, I'm actually going to share with you the quick story about when I really messed it up. And honestly, it cost me about $150,000 over the course of my career. So I know I have made those mistakes as a W-2 employee as well. I also have personally offered jobs to more people than I can remember, probably over 100 people, maybe even over 200 people. And I have to share with you, from all of those candidates, I have learned from them what works and what doesn't. And I actually started to use some of those techniques when I was a W-2 employee. And every now and then, I'll have someone who reaches out and I give them a little bit of coaching on negotiating their salary. And I share those techniques with them and they often work. So before we jump into the episode, let me just remind you, the bonus break is a short episode that you can listen to while taking a tea break, and you will get the added bonus of making you and your nonprofit stronger. And of course, I'm remiss if I don't tell you more about myself. I'm a consultant, coach, and confidant for leaders at small and large organizations across the country. I bring three decades of leadership and consulting experience in building, growing, leading, and yes, repairing organizations. And my friends, in this bonus break, I am going to share four things with you. The first is some secrets that the hiring manager is not going to tell you. I'm also going to share with you some tips on how you can interact with the prospective employer when you're negotiating your salary. And then, of course, some techniques for actually negotiating your salary. And at the end, I'm going to leave you with a way to get a compensation comparison worksheet that we have created just for you. But let me start by telling you my story, 
where I made a $150,000 mistake. Now, this is almost 25 years ago, and I made the intentional decision to take a 20% salary cut in order to get a promotion. So I was the development associate at a relatively large-sized, multi-million-dollar family service organization. And the development director was very happy there. I did not think she was going to go anywhere. And I knew that the next step in my career, I really wanted to be a development director. But most really large multi-service organizations would probably not have hired me yet, honestly, because I did not have enough experience in order to be the development director. I think the family service agency I was at would have taken that risk on me because they knew me, but I think I would have had a much harder time getting that development director job at a comparable-sized organization. So I started to look around for development director jobs, and I ended up getting one with an organization that I was passionate about. They provided homeless services. They used an Afrocentric approach. I would also, by the way, get to be their first development director, which if you've ever been a first development director at an organization, that's an exciting thing. You pretty much get to chart the course. And while I was there, by the way, oh my gosh, I felt like we had some tremendous success. Like, for example, I helped the organization close its first six-figure gift from an individual. But the big mistake that I made was I knew when I was applying that the job paid less than what I was currently making. But I don't think I understood just how much. So they actually offered me the job making 25% less or offered it to me at 25% less than what I was currently making. And honestly, that was, that was a pretty big pay cut. Um, you know, that, that, that was like um, $8,000 pay cut, something like that. And, and I did negotiate a little bit, but not very strongly. And ultimately, we agreed on what would become a 20% pay cut for me and also worse benefits. So I did not get as much vacation time. And uh, my health care plan was not as good, also had no retirement plan. So I will share with you that just on the salary piece, let's not talk about the retirement savings that I missed or the, or the accumulation over almost 25 years that that retirement savings would have grown to. Just on that 20% salary cut, when I multiplied just that without inflation, without thinking about anything else by the nearly 25 years that have gone by, then it's a $150,000 mistake. And the reason that I multiply it by all those years is when I was negotiating for my next job, my salary was lower than it was when, honestly, I was negotiating for the development director job. And so I did not feel like I had as many cards in my hand and I could get as much money from that next employer. And of course, that has continued throughout the rest of my career. So that six or $7,000 decrease has moved forward every single year. Yes, my income has gone up, but it would have gone up by even more every year had I negotiated, frankly, for to at least stay where I was at, ideally to go up a little bit. And so that was my mistake. And now I want to share with you the lessons that I've learned, again, both as a W-2 employee, but also as someone who has hired a lot of people and have seen, okay, who negotiates and who doesn't? What negotiation techniques and tools are they using that are successful and which ones aren't? So let me start by sharing with you two secrets that if you are not a hiring manager, you may not know. The first is, employers almost never offer you as much as they are actually willing to pay. 
I cannot tell you how many times a hiring manager will go to their boss, sometimes the executive director, and say, okay, the range is sixty-five to 75000 and I'd like to offer this person 74000 And the executive director will say, oh, I, I'd like for you to have more room for negotiation. Can you offer 68000 And, you know, if the person then just takes the job at sixty-eight, they literally are leaving money on the table. In almost every single case, the hiring manager will be willing to negotiate with you and will go up. They just start somewhere that's lower thinking that you might want to be negotiating. The other thing I just have to make sure I share is if it is not in writing, it is not real. That's another secret that hiring managers are not going to tell you. And so, for example, as you're negotiating your salary, if a hiring manager says to you, well, you know, we're going to be doing across-the-board salary increases in six months, and they're not willing to put that in the letter of hire, it's not real. Let me repeat that. If they're not willing to put it on in the letter of hire, it's not real. Six months may come and go. They might decide, oh, you know, we can't afford to do those across-the-board increases anymore. And they'll say to you, oh, we're really sorry. It's, it's just a misunderstanding. We didn't promise it. So make sure that if they're saying to you, okay, in three months or six months or nine months, you are going to get an increase, make sure that is in your letter of hire. And if they're saying you're going to be eligible for an increase, but it's not a guarantee, make sure that it's documented really what metrics have to be hit so that you do get that increase. Now, that is a a good way for me to lead into the next piece, which is how to interact with a prospective employer when you're negotiating your salary. I just said, hey, it's really important that you get it in writing. And sometimes that can come off sounding kind of confrontational, you know, almost like you don't trust the organization or you don't trust the hiring manager. And that is why we have to redouble our efforts to be as cooperative, as cordial, and as friendly as we possibly can. You know, really saying things like, I'm excited by the offer and I definitely want to be able to say yes. Now, of course, a but comes after that, right? I think this position could be a perfect fit for me, and I just need to explore a few additional options around my compensation so that I can be certain that it's going to be a good fit for every area of my life. Again, what you're looking for is that win-win. What you don't want is to set up a confrontation when there, where there's a win and a lose. And here's why. You don't want to lose in that scenario. I don't want you to either. But you also don't want to start a job where your hiring manager or your employer feels like you put them in a position where they lost. So again, always look for that win-win. Always have that smile on your face. Be collegial. Be cordial. Be friendly. The other thing that I want you to always be thinking about when you're interacting with that prospective employer is the money that you're asking for is all about the value that you bring in that position. So obviously it means, hey, what are similar positions that similar organizations making? But it's also the actual value you bring. Are you a high achiever? Are you someone who's going to be able to help them get through an important campaign or make a breakthrough moment in their program? That is something that employers need to pay for. Now, When you're talking about the value that you bring, there's one other piece that I really want to make sure you don't bring up, and that's about economic need. 
Now, we all have economic need in our lives, right? Because we all have to have money to go to the grocery store and to pay our rent or our mortgage, and we may have school debt, etc. But I will share with you that while I believe every single job should pay a living wage and every single employer should have a good job strategy, most employers and most hiring managers aren't going to hear that argument and say, oh, okay, we're going to give you more compensation. So again, keep it focused on your value so that you get the compensation that you deserve and also, frankly, the compensation that you may need. Just don't make it about your need when you're talking to the employer. And the third and final thing in interacting with a prospective employer, always maintain the bridge. So if you realize that you need to say no because the price isn't right, they're just not able to offer, frankly, what you believe you are worth in the marketplace that is, well, looking for work, then it's important that you do say no, but that you do it really nicely. That, you know, you say, oh my gosh, I would love to have been able to, to work here. I am so excited by your mission. I just can't make the numbers work. I'm really sorry. I'm hoping maybe you might have a different position at some point in the future that I might be a, a really good fit for and the numbers might work in a different position. But it's been such a pleasure to meet you. And I'm certainly going to be following you all and watching the great work that I know you are going to continue to do in the future. Now, that message maintains the bridge. So then, you know, let's say they have an associate executive director position coming open, and it's even higher than the position you were applying for. Guess what? They think highly of you now. And so when you apply, you are much more likely to get the interview. Now, if your response to them had been, I can't work for that little, forget it, and you hang up the phone, you can forget applying for any other position there because they are very unlikely to say, hey, this is someone we want to be working with. And friends, I promised you some tips and techniques on actually how to negotiate your salary. And so here they are. The first one is I want you to set the table in the interview process. So if they've published the range, in some places, it's legally a requirement that they publish the range, but not in all places. If they publish the range or if they share the range and they ask you, hey, does this range work for you, Sixty-five dollars to $75,000 a year? I would always suggest that you say, toward the top of the range would work for me, if that's true. If there's nothing in the range that would work for you, it's also important that you share that, that you say, I do have to be frank, though, that a competitive salary for me would be above your current range. And then they might ask by how much, and that's your opportunity to say, oh, about $5,000 above your range or between five dollars and $7,000 above your range. Now, let's say you get to that point where you've set the table for what you're willing to consider. And maybe you said, yeah, sure, I can consider a range between $65,000 and $75,000. And they come back and they offer you the job. And they say, we would like for you to start. We think you are the perfect person. We'd like to offer you $70,000. Well, my friends, let me share with you, you will never have as much leverage with this employer as you do right now. They have offered you a job and you have not yet said yes. So now, literally, 
power has just reversed in the relationship. The employer is in a position where you can actually reject them, right? And again, if you're, that's what you're going to do, do it diplomatically, maintain your bridge. But they have said to you, hey, you are the top candidate. And now you are the person who literally could say, oh, I, I realize I'm the top candidate, but I also think this position is not the right fit for me because... And so, again, you will never have more leverage. Once you say yes, those tables turn again and the employer has more leverage. So always, always ask for some time to consider the offer. I would suggest that you ask for at least two days. And I would also suggest that you ask about the full compensation package. So you would want to see the benefit summary as well as the employee manual because you want to compare everything, right? You want to compare insurance, health insurance. Uh, Does one job offer dental and vision and another does not? Does one job offer a retirement plan and the other does not? You want to compare all of that as you factor in what your value is in the job marketplace. Every now and then, someone will ask me for some advice on negotiating their salary. And they will say, well, what if I do if they say, no, I can't have two days. I can only think about it overnight. And my response is, Do you really want to work for an organization that isn't going to even give you two or three days to consider a pretty momentous decision? Is this a job I want or is this a job I don't want? Do you really want to work for an organization that's going to pressure you to do things before you feel ready to do them? And I I know where I stand on that at this point in my life. I also know there have probably been other points in my life where I would have been willing to say yes. But at this point in my life, if an organization says, no, we need a decision right away or we're just going to the, to the second candidate, that's where I'm going to build a bridge as I politely decline continuing in the process. And a couple more things I want to make sure you're aware of, that you can negotiate on almost everything. And one of the things I would strongly suggest you negotiate on is PTO. Now, if you are currently, for example, working in an organization where you get four weeks PTO, And you've been offered a position where in your first year, they're only going to give you three weeks PTO. You should ask for that fourth week. And again, make sure it gets in writing in your letter of hire. Some employers will say to you, oh, you know, our employee manual won't let you do that. And if you want to negotiate, what you could counter with, again, very diplomatically, is to say, well, you know, I have a graduate degree. And this position only requires a bachelor's. So could we use my graduate degree to get three years of service credit that would then put me at four weeks PTO? So again, there's often some ways that employers can finesse it to get you the amount of PTO, at least the amount of PTO that you had at your last job, and potentially even more PTO. Also think about what you are leaving on the table. So if you are coming from an organization that has a retirement plan and going to an organization that does not have a retirement plan, factor that in. And honestly, say that as you're negotiating. It's okay to say, well, my current employer matches up to 5% on my contributions into my 401k plan. And so I would need you all to essentially increase my salary by an additional 5% because you don't have a 401k plan. And I will be putting that in an IRA. And so, again, that's another way that you could absolutely be negotiating. Last point on tips for negotiation. If you need to move across the country 
or even to another city within your state in order to take this job, you need to ask for the full cost of moving expenses. And you also need to negotiate a start date that allows you to fully move, settle in, get kids registered for school if you need to, figure out where your grocery store is, etc., before you start that new job. So, friends, I will share with you that the secrets that hiring managers will not tell you, some of these techniques and tips for how to interact with your prospective employer, as well as just the nitty-gritty of negotiating your salary and your compensation, I know they work. I have seen candidates who use them successfully. Again, when people have reached out and asked me for advice or coaching on negotiating their salary, I've seen them use them and they work. And I've also used some of these when I negotiate as well. So as a quick summary, always, always, always negotiate. If you take nothing else out of this bonus break, always know that whenever an employer is offering you a job, they are rarely, rarely offering you the maximum amount they're willing to pay. Second thing, always be cordial and collegial. Even if you don't take the job, when you walk away, you want that employer to think, wow, that was a really nice person, and we would hire them in the future if we had the chance. And then the final piece, do not forget, always compare the full compensation package, and that includes benefits. And my friends, if you go to our show notes at SuccessfulNonprofits.com or just look at this episode in your phone, you will find a link to download the Compensation Comparison Worksheet. It will help you when you are negotiating your next job. And I'd like to leave you with one additional final thought. Oftentimes when we're negotiating, the biggest hurdle is ourselves. And frankly, especially those of us who have chosen the nonprofit sector, we find it sometimes awkward or embarrassing or difficult to advocate for ourselves. And my friends, that is the one hurdle we all need to get over if we are going to feel good about negotiating and if we are going to get a fair amount for the value we bring to a new employer. I hope that you have found this bonus break helpful. And if you or your organization need executive coaching, are considering a strategic planning project, or are looking for someone to facilitate a board development project or board retreat, please reach out to me. I'm at Dolph at SuccessfulNonprofits.com. And also know you can always visit our show notes at SuccessfulNonprofits.com and get the Compensation Comparison Worksheet resource. That, friends, is our bonus break for this week. I hope you have gained some insight to help you and your nonprofit thrive. And a quick reminder that I am not an accountant nor an attorney, and neither I nor the consulting practice provide tax, legal, or accounting advice. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied on for tax, legal, or accounting advice. Please, if that is what you need, find a licensed, qualified professional in your area.